Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello again and welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful British Columbia. So smooth there. Yeah, so, someone had a bit of issues with that last week. <laughs> I but, blanked out when yeah, I came up. It's all right, I, I, I edited it so that no one knew, but yeah, you've, I, you've just spoiled you, this now. You did a good editing job. I said to Steve, I said, Steve, are you doing those things? Do I have to do those things? He's like, he's like no, 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 I've been practicing. <laughs> I haven't been practicing, I just wrote it up oh, like that two minutes obvious. before. I sent you a DM to send me the information. Oh, yeah, that's I, right. And then I had to listen to it yeah. to find out what it was. Anyway, I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adamazenheimer. And if you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 265. But I'm back this week. Sorry, everyone. I couldn't stay down the Oregon coast any longer. I wanted to, but I had to make it back for Provincial Cup semi-final weekend. We're going to kick things off in the in the first two parts by looking about the, the Whitecaps. I'm, I'm sorry again, we, we have to do that as well. We are a Whitecaps podcast after all, but we'll throw some other things in as well. So, Minnesota. Not so much mini haha as mini sob sob. <laughs> a bit you, of a shocker. Are you going with uh, Johnny Monster's suggestion for I the am. title of yes, this podcast? We're going to call this episode of this show Stinko de Mayo. I like that. Wish I'd thought of it myself, but we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. I, li- I like my headline that I had on AFTN, though, like lunacy. That was that, good. That, that, was that good. game yeah. was kind of full of. Loons. Where, where are we ranking this loss with regards to the other defeats we've had this season? Obviously, it's not worse than, than the KC hammering. <laughs> Second worst of the season, though, would you say? I think it, I, I think it has to be. Mm. Result-wise, I, I don't even think it's in my top three. Really? really? I think the two home games against uh, the, LA, the LA teams are worse the goats for me. And the they're, non-goats? they're better teams. Uh, LA wasn't. Galaxy weren't. Hmm. LAFC, they they barely put up a fight against them. That uh, for me, it was effort. I have yeah, I, I don't yeah, really have yeah, an okay. issue yeah. against with this game because I knew as soon as they went a man down that it was either going to be a draw or a loss. I never tweeted that out because I didn't want to be in like a. He said it to himself. Though, he told yeah, me I that. Said, I said it to myself. And I said it to my wife. She was there actually. Yeah, I remember. But by that metric, Steve, I can I can understand how you would go with that because I remember that night of the. Uh, 
One of the, uh, the there was such the despair go- after those two games too that I, I feel way I, more than I think one. it was the Galaxy game where you were just like they just didn't try hard enough or whatever and you were like so disappointed or was that the, uh, was LAFC, that the goats? It was a goats one. A goats. Yeah. Okay. For, for me, this is the second worst. I mean, it's a defeat to a ten man team that already had eleven players out injured or missing for various reasons. Adrian Heath mentioned it was eleven players that were missing after the match. And they created so many chances. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. You, you can't knock it for that. And, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll come across all this. And we'll, we'll start with the starting lineup. There was four changes. Now, two were obviously enforced. Teixeira, his brass showing days might be over. He was missing. Jordan Much, sadly, wasn't groin, which was hinted at after the match. It's a hamstring reoccurrence for, for Much. I was surprised though, to see Tybert dropping out because I thought him and Gazal had, had linked up really well together. And I was also surprised that we didn't see Jordi Reyna come in to play with Blondell because of how well they, they'd linked up in the preseason. And and in the early part of the debacle in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. I mean, and, and another surprise, 4-4-2. We've gone with an awful lot of different kind of lineups so far this season. It was a semi four four two. Yeah, I was going to say because it, it, you don't have a second striker up there, so it was a no. disguised. It was a false, false uh, so four four two. Well, no, N- Nico. I, is... I got the broadcast notes and it was getting sent out as a four four two. Nico, Nico is a striker slash midfielder. Yeah, but, hmm. it's never. But he's not really a typical. Right. He's not him, a typical. No. Striker, and it's never yeah. really worked with him being no. a starter. One of a two before or a starter. <laughs> oh, I thought, that's a, sorry, I thought that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I thought we were going to complete each other's sentences. There. Yeah, that that is the usual end to my sentence. <laughs> the 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 week off is the week the week apart has has done you. In. Yeah, I I I just thought it was a surprising choice of personnel and lineup, frankly. I, yeah, I didn't think that anything was that shocking. I, I agree with you. Rusty for me was the big miss. Yeah, like Rusty really. You know, it feels. I mean, I, I didn't go to training, but it feel it felt like he earned or deserved his, his spot next to uh, Ali G there. Uh, and then if you put Nico in front of them or Felipe in front of them or whatever, that's fine. But I, I even feel that if you wanted to put Felipe in there, I think or, Ali or Reina, Ali Gazal should have been came out. If you want, if you uh, if you want, I thought Tiber mm. is has played better than Ali, and he's still coming back from an injury, so. Do you really want to play them back-to-back games on turf and stuff like that? So I think – I'm just saying, if you were going to take one of them out, I would have taken the other one out. There's some good logical points there, Steve. Yeah. But I think despite some of the criticism that some that Ali G got in some quarters for the match, I think that he – I think that he is a bit of a lynch, linchpin there in the middle. Yeah. Like he holds yeah. it all together. He's going to be the guy that's – like one of the first names, I think, on the, the team sheet going forward. Yeah. To me, and was, at one point, it looked like you wondered where he was maybe going to fit into the team now. Yeah. To me, it was more of a 4 1 4 1. Yeah. Yeah. Not it, a 4 4 2. I mean, it was almost a 4 4 1 1 as well. You could even have looked at it. Sure. But let, let's not get caught up in formations. We know that Robo doesn't. It's a starting It's a starting point. Yeah. I was really hoping that it was going to be a precursor to seeing Kamara and Blondell together. The, the subs paid to that and we'll, we'll come to that later on as well but the Caps did come out strong in the first half Blundell looked lively he had a long range shot then he got a, a long ball over the top that he ran onto and that had great effect in the in the previous match and they tried it it seemed once and then that was it and they had a success with it and they didn't seem to try it again it was are you, call, was, are you calling for more balls over the top I, I love I love balls over the top 
long balls, run onto it, route one, can't beat it. It's your, part of your Scottish heritage? But yeah, it's like watching East Fife. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it once in a while. It but you can't, it you can can't, work. You can't use it all the time. That's no, the issue. More than once would have been nice, though, yeah. I think. Um, the Caps kept the pressure on, though, from... Like, Shuttleworth pulled out a save from the a, a long-range shot from Blundell. Um, Caps kept the pressure on. Kendall had a really great chance then to, to open the score, and he needs to bury that. I mean, it was a free header, unmarked, but he what? had to. The only issue I have with that, he had to stretch for the header. Yeah. And when you have to stretch for it, you can't really, uh, you can't really, you know, put it in a certain spot. It's just going to go where it's going to go. Well, okay, let me put it another and way. Shuttleworth then. was lucky to be on the yeah. line. Yeah. How much did he do wrong? And then how much of it was just pure luck that Shuttleworth just happened to be standing where where he was? Because he didn't know much about it. No. He he was surprised as much as anybody yeah. that the ball hit him. But he Kendall really should do better with that. He, he at least he got it on target. Yeah, I, I I don't. It'd be hard not to get it on target from that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think I agree with Steve on this in terms of just the way he had to move his body and not not enabling him to place it maybe where he would have wanted it. Then we got one of my favorite things in football: a cross come shot <laughs> off the post. YP lead it. Yeah, Brett Levi's didn't clearly go for goal, but. It, I, wasn't it windy too? I think maybe was. the wind caught it, it, it or something like that. It a really weird kind of yeah. swerve. I thought it was maybe a deflection or whatever. But I mean, that was another close call. I thought, we, we wanted to see it last week. Levi's and Davies linking up on that left side. We saw it this week and, and they it, looked good together. Yeah, it was dangerous. They yeah. were both dangerous constantly throughout the game. Yeah, I I, I like the, the look of that. And we'll come to obviously what happened with Brett in the second half, but... It's very promising. I like to see the two young guys, two Canadians. They've got a good understanding. Levi's, of course, is a, a left winger converted to, to a left back. So, I mean, he knows the game and I think it's going to look well. But the rest of the first half, there wasn't really much to it. Minnesota weren't really threatening at all. Marinovic kind of spilled a ball that came in. I would call it a spill. But there wasn't really much danger of Minnesota doing anything. And you kind of thought... Whitecaps are looking good, they're looking lively. I fancied them to to do it in the second half. I've got to say, at halftime, I was pretty confident we're going to see a, a Whitecaps win. Probably Breck Shea come on, score the winner, as he does on the road. Yeah, I was a little bit less uh, optimistic because of all the missed chances. Cause whenever I did they, on holiday, though. I was quite oh. in, still in a good mood. <laughs> whenever they miss a lot of chances, it seems like that's the second half doesn't go well for them. Well, that was about two years ago. That yeah. certainly was the case. I, I actually took this game in in a different way than I usually do. Uh, I was listening to your good friend uh, Corey Basso and uh, Canadian keeping legend Paul Dolan on on the on the radio, and I too actually felt like, oh, this is feels like a a, a Vancouver uh, away match that they very easily could nick one or more goals and walk away with all three points. Yeah. And then dramatic start to the second half. Now, Steve said when this happened, he thought, oh, it's going to be a, a loss or a draw. I, I, was, I was thinking in jest to myself. I wasn't actually being serious. <laughs> but, That's why I didn't tweet it out. I, 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 I was going, oh, well. Part of me, I have to say, did feel that, yeah. but I thought, oh, 10 men now, the way they've played in the first half, Caps are going to go on. But what a stupid sending off. Yeah, like, it was idiotic. If that he, was he, one of our guys that did that, we would be roasting him. It, it seems like he, I don't think he think, thought the referee was looking and he thought he could get around yeah. with it. it he was, said afterwards that he had been getting tugged a lot and pulled and 
that was how he reacted. Now, he's a rookie, so there's a bit of immaturity there. Yeah. But still, you, you know you can't elbow someone. You, you could tell by how he went off. Yeah. Like when I, when I watched the game didn't, back on the didn't PBR. Didn't even wait to no, see if there was going to be a He knew what he had did, yeah. and he knew that there were, it wasn't going to get overturned. And, and we're going to hear from Adrian Heath in part two, and I can't remember if I left this bit in from Heath or not, but he basically said that it's a stupid thing to do. There's been players come back, maybe he sits out a few games now, and it's something that he needs to learn. He hasn't seen a replay because I hadn't shown it, but he said that if it was what was said, then it's just sheer stupidity because it could have cost them all three points. And you have to feel, when a team that hasn't been mustering much goes down to 10 men, well, they're they were, either going to bunker and get everyone behind the ball. That's what they did. Yeah. Or try and hit on the counter. Two lines of four. I, I wasn't surprised by how they re- reacted. No, I, was, I, I had the actually opposite feeling of you, They Steve. played I, perfect I thought for sure that. Vancouver. For sure. Now, there's, it was like it was almost like now there's no excuse. They, they need to take three yeah. points from this game. Yeah, but they, 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 they've done other games where other teams have bunkered down and they haven't been able to break them down. Oh, I, I, oh, I know. The Galaxy game, like we talked about earlier, they, those two, that team bunkered down, they had yeah. no chance of breaking them down. I, so no, no that, that's the thing. They cannot break down teams this no. year at yeah. all. But they showed a little bit here. They just weren't able yeah, to finish. I'm, yeah. I, I, I think, though, going forward, any time that Blundell is starting, I'm going to put money on a sending off because it seems <laughs> like a surefire bet. <laughs> Ten minutes so after that sending off. And I think this is because they were lulled to sleep because they yeah. didn't think Minnesota was going to do anything with it. Terrible defending yet again. Poor Brett Levi's caught out. I mean, there's... Okay, he, you, got, he, you got something to say yeah. about this. Right, well, let's set it up. Great initial cross by Gomez. He what? did really well. Can I before that. Could Franklin cl- close down on him better? T- totally. I think, yeah. Yes, but before that, it was almost like a counter, right? It was almost like yeah. a little bit of a, of a of a counter burst of energy from three or four of the Minnesota players, and yeah, I, I agree with that. The comment, Steve. I don't think I don't think Franklin definitely didn't cover himself in glory on how he defended the cross, which was, you know, one of the maybe the few things he actually did wrong in the game or in the in his time on a yeah. pitch so far this year. But uh, that wasn't great. Now, if you if you watch again. Brett has just made a whole big run up the other field, and he's actually done great to get back initially. Yeah, but he is watching the ball, and he's completely oblivious that Ibarra's behind now, him. Also, also, who was cover if he made that run, who should have been covering for him, and should have there have been uh, well, uh, left? Well, yeah. The, I mean, but, someone said but, to me that Kendall was ball-watching as well and should have done better. I think Marinovich was ball-watching. No, 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 they no. were all caught ball-watching because so they were lulled to sleep. The, the worst for me was, first off, I think one of the reasons why Alfonso didn't think Brett needed help covering is because Brett made it back so fast. Yeah. So I think Alfonso and the rest of the people are like, okay, he's got that guy and, and whatever. Kendall it was not as much the issue for me because he was at the near post of the cross. The person I, I am actually most frustrated with on this goal is actually Jose Aja. Because when you go back and you watch the replay, when the shot comes in, and what is, what is what, what's all uh, Jose doing? He's standing there with his arm in the air, waiting for the offside to yeah. come, and that's it's where the rebound. more infuriating oh. when, when players are just standing so, with their hands so, up in the ball. So, yes, Brett did get beaten on that run at the back yeah. post. Yes, and that's not good. But Jose Aja standing there with his arm up while the guy's burying the rebound is inexcusable to me. Yeah. I, I got to give Minnesota credit, though, because it was a great cross in. I mean, yeah, that's the kind of dangerous balls that we've just not been whipping in. And Ibarra kept on it. Great save by Marinovic to keep out yes. the first effort. But, I mean, Ibarra kept on there, tucked it away. 
it, it was a good goal for Minnesota. It would have been hard for Mar- Marinovic to do anything else, yeah. I felt. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. And then, but lo- like you said, a lot of ball watching there. A lot of people that shut off because they were expecting. And in the air. Yeah. They, they were expecting to, this to be easy and they weren't yeah. expecting much from Minnesota. But then I wrote in my match report that Robo reacted to that by bringing on Kamara and Rayner. Now, for, first of all, he didn't react to that, he said, post-game. He said, which I, I can't remember if he said it on the radio or if he said it in the, in the video that hasn't gone up apparently. Oh. The, the post-game thing, but maybe it'll go up on Monday. But he apparently was saying that that was always the plan, was to bring Reyna and Kamara on about the hour mark. Should he not be reacting, should his subs not be reacting to what's happening in the game and not planned something like that? And then why would you take Blondell off yes, when you've got a goal down as well? I agree with that. This was the opportunity to play those two together. You needed two goals. You didn't need a goal. You needed two yeah. goals. I was I was fine with, with Jordy for Nico. Oh, yeah. That was fine. But the fact that Blondell, Anthony came off for Kai was not a good substitution. Yeah. And the thing is, is Kai, not only does he head it in, but he's a good playmaker up top. Yeah. He finds teammates, and if he if he was able to connect with Blondell, it could have been a goal there. Of course, they had plenty of chances anyways, even with the... Oh, yeah. Who, I mean, so who would you take? I would take Bernie? I'd have taken off Bernie. Oh, yeah. for sure. But yeah. he came off eventually anyways. Yeah. But, I mean, you have but, to have left Blondell on with Kamara to yes, see what they can you do have to have. Oh, for sure. And, and that, this was actually, I know I've said I haven't liked this virtually all season long, but if Bernie had been replaced by Kai and you had Tony and Kai on and you still wanted to bring on Breck, this would have been the one game I would have been like, yeah, sure, take off Brett Levi. Yeah. Like, yeah. take off the left back uh-huh. and, and it would have been the perfect time. Yeah, and because it, they're not going to be pushing yeah. after that at all. Yeah. Felipe was another guy that you could have taken off and he got man of the Did match. Did he play? Did he play? He, oh, he man, of the, man match. of the match. As announced this morning, a little bit late as well. But In the wee hours I, of the morning when nobody was maybe, up. Maybe. Oh, when I saw that he had... I'd won it. I I was the same as you. I was like, was he at that? Oh yeah, he started that. Maybe that American uh, beer company was late with oh, their maybe. payment. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, both Reyna and Kamara had their chances. Reyna looked some of the best that he's looked all season. He was lively, one over the bar, cracked one off the bar. Kamara had a couple of chances from Levi's crosses. That, that bar's pretty low because he has not looked good this season. Yeah, that's true. Kamara, <laughs> you feel though, should have got how many goals? How many of, goals? At least one of his shots on target. I don't know if you saw his tweet uh, after the game no. or yesterday or today. He was just like, that result is not what it should have been. Uh, we need to work harder, blah, blah, blah. This is the only time you'll see this kind of tweet from me this year, blah, 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 blah. It was very... Yeah, was, I don't know if you could say owning it a little bit, but... And I believe he'd lost his passport as well. Yes, he tweeted about that yeah. as well, yeah. I, I'm sure that wasn't him going, oh, sorry, I can't go back to Canada, guys. I don't have my passport. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he should he should have he should have scored multiple yeah. times. Breck Shea nearly did though towards the yes. end with what has to be the save of the week, hopefully because <laughs> when it keeps us off the score sheet, at least it's nice if you've lost to the save of the week. Shuttleworth had a fantastic game. If you had to choose someone who was the, uh, solely result uh, solely the the person who the, you know di- dictated the result of the game, I think Shuttleworth would be that yeah. person. Well. Let's bring us now, closing the end of part one, with the segment that you hate, Zach. We're going to keep this going. It's our fine lines moment of the match. Now, I I explained it in the Blorbison out last week, but you guys seemed a little bit confused by that. So what this is, is what moment in the match 
whether you win or lose, could Carl Robinson maybe say, oh, you know what? That was... Where would he come up with his yeah. famous fine line? So quote? the fine line, first off, this is what I want to say about Oh, this. he's against it. He, did. he understood yeah. it completely. I, oh. Well, I, I, I think I don't really like the, how people are using fine lines. And they're, well, well Robert's not anymore. I believe he may have been told to cut down on how much he says that. But, but the thing is, in the Kansas City game, when he was talking about that, when he was being interviewed, my belief, and I could be wrong, I haven't, I haven't double-checked with anyone, or whatever, is he's talking about Raina's miss. I think that's what he's talking about. In yeah. that in that thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. So I don't know why people got on him so much. That was clo- that was a close call. Yeah. That that should have been a goal. It w- you know. Anyways. So what, if you're talking about what was the turning point in this game? Yes. Uh, no, not the turning point. What, what 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 could have been the turning yeah, point? Yeah. What what? Yeah. For me, what was the missed opportunity? For me, is the want? Kendall, because it was mm-hmm. just like because uh, it, it, it while it it obviously like you said it was unlucky. Yeah. That it didn't go in. It was such from a close range. It was a direct header. It was just unlucky that the Shuttleworth was there. I, or lucky for him, yeah. actually. What about you, Zach? I, I, I don't want to participate in the fine lines moment, but I think uh, there should have been, like I said, already already said, multiple goals for Kai Kamara in yeah. the second half. I am I would probably go with Kendo as well, but Reyna hitting the bar, oh, yeah. because I do feel if that had gone in, the Caps would have gone on and got the win. Because that was earlier. That was like 70th-ish minute, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Almost right when he came on. Yeah. I, I, that is... Was, and, was and that I his know, first one or his second one? Because he had another one just went over. It was yeah, second that was one. his second one. Yeah. Oh, okay, one okay, just okay. went okay. over. And I know Roa does get criticised for fine lines, and he does use it way too much, but there are some moments in games that you look back on, you go, you know what? That could have been the game-changing moment. Yes. And Reyna hitting the bar... I think might have been if it had gone in because then you're looking at a, a whole different outlook yeah. of the team and it's going to be an onslaught after I that. think if Robbo had just used a thesaurus and used different versions of yeah. fine lines, I think everybody would lay off him a little bit. I don't know, would they? Because well, no, maybe not. I, no, I haven't read a lot. Of, I haven't read a lot of Twitter in the last week because I thought That's I what want, wisdom. Man. Yeah, I just wanted to get away from stuff on, yeah. on holiday, so I haven't done a lot of that. The Kate, the Kate I, even comment how much more joyful you were in life. Yeah, I like to get away stuff when I'm at home. but we'll be back with some more chat about the game and hear from both coaches and our player rankings after this Hi, I'm Carl Valentine you're listening to the AFTN podcast it was not cold in Minnesota, despite what that song said. It was actually quite warm for, for the match and... Robo did allude to that in the, I think, the radio interview that he did, where he said some of the players' boots were so hot and just burning. It's twenty-five degrees, so it didn't that didn't seem that hot to me. But I guess that turf does get super, super hot. I'm it, sure it does, yeah. But at least it, like, I think remember somebody saying like it goes five degrees higher mm, in the in sometimes the way more. Zone. Yeah, because the players, what he said, I think what he said was that they were they were watering their boots because mm. they were so hot, and then that was causing problems for their feet. And their boots and sizing and sticky and whatever. Anyway, you're back listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 
So we're going to play you some audio now from both head coaches. Adrian Heath talked for a long time, so I've cut that down to about three minutes. Shocking, that. Mm. It's a, he has some good stuff and a really funny bit at the end, which I did leave in. And then the robot audio, which I don't know. I, when I last looked, it wasn't up on the site. Lots of folk were complaining today that the scrum wasn't up. I'm sure it will go up, but we'll play a little bit of that for you now. So this might be the, the first of some of you hearing it. So here is Adrian Heath and Carl Robinson. I thought it was a monumental effort considering how long we played a man down, but the team that we played, you know, they're the biggest team probably in the league. And I thought the players, every single one of them put the line, put put themselves on the line so many times with the crosses that were coming in the box and, you know, boxy and then Wyatt came on and Carter and it was all hands to the pump. But we went through it ourselves against Atlanta here. And it's difficult when everybody packs it in, but it, you know, I thought, I thought the effort from the players. I thought we, I was really pleased with some of our first half play. I thought some of our attacking play and combination play was excellent, and um, and then Bobby come up with an incredible save. You know, I'm right behind it, and at one stage it's, it's like two or three feet outside the post, so it's going in top corner, and for him to get his hand on it was an incredible save, and he's done that the last couple of weeks when we've needed him. So, overall, incredibly proud of the players. Um, it was a really big result for us, and um, now we hopefully keep this momentum going. True. Uh, so then, how do you? How did you have to readjust the game plan without the? Well, it, it, the hard part is when you've got Darwin because Darwin wants to play with the ball all the time, so you haven't really got that outlet to go in behind, and everything that you play is short, and you invite people to come and pressure the ball. Um, but I, I thought some of our play and some of the. You know, Miggy and uh, Alexi Gomez, I thought I did a great start as well. You know, put some great balls in the box, looked dangerous on the counter-attack, did a really good shift when we needed to, when we were all, you know, when we were defending like we did. But because of their sheer size, we, cha- we changed the shape and went to like a, a 5-3-1, if you like, and said, OK, you can get it wide, but we'll try and defend the box. And we did that terrifically. Had we not changed it, I think they would have still got enough ball in the box. And just by sheer size, I think they would have got something. So it turned out okay in the end. Is there a message for Mason? Yeah, he's silly, silly boy. I don't know if he's done it or what he's done, but if he has, he's, he could have cost his teammates. And um, he'll learn his lesson. And if two or three people may be fit, maybe he doesn't play the next game and he loses his spot. So it's silly. And... Um, if he, de- if he elbowed him, he deserved to get the red card. If, and if he did, we'll, we'll have a chat about that. How do you feel Bobby played today? He's come up massive with two big saves last two weeks. And and that is the sign of a, a goalkeeper that you need when he either saves you a couple of points or he wins you a game. And that saves saved us two points today. You ever had a delay like that with a home today? No. No. Not was uh, no, I can't remember. I was going to say something that might have been funny, but no. <laughs> See you later. Thank Thanks, you. Well, super disappointed because I didn't think we got what we deserved. I thought we kept them at bay for 90 minutes, really, uh, limited them to a number of shots and missed a number of chances. And one lapse of concentration cost us at the end with the back post with the young boy. 
Um, but sometimes in football that happens and when you give a team something to hold on to then it becomes difficult but we kept knocking at the door unfortunately we were unable we missed a couple of chances and uh, we have to take the defeat on the chin seemed like the first 45 you guys had a number of chances but just unable to break through what did you make of the first half? I thought they were excellent in the first half I thought we just missed the lack of quality in the final third uh, without giving too much away at the, the back end of the pitch I think the second half was the same again I think the, the tempo of the way we played yeah they went down to 10 men but we started the game very well in the second half and when you give a goal away with 10 men uh, down to a, a goal away with a team that's down to 10 men it's very hard because they block up areas and they did that and credit to them because they didn't give anything away but we've got to be on another day we can score four or five goals well, as I said, you know, if you uh, switch off at the back post, you know, you get caught sometimes and it was a, a lapse of concentration. Um, but there won't be any, you know, shouting and ranting at Raven. The boy had a very good game, Brett Levi. I thought he was excellent. He supplied a great cross for Kai, who should have scored. Uh, you want chances. And when you create chances and don't take them, it's unfortunate that you give one up the other end. Used uh, 4-4-2 today. Just uh, how yep. do you think the system worked? I thought they were good. I thought they did everything that I wanted to, except for score a goal. Um, and obviously concede a goal at the, at the other end. So there's a lot of strong performances there. I'm proud of the way they played and committed to the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get the result we, we wanted or we thought we could get. Nice to have Kai back. Yeah, I'm sure Kai's happy and, and disappointed in there. On another day, he could have had a trick. I think the chances that fell for him are, are what Kai, is Kai's bread and butter. So he'll be disappointed, but it's important that he's back for the group. And now uh, three of the next four at BC plays, uh, just an opportunity to move up the standings there. It's the next game. I talk to you all the time about the next game and you know people have their ideas and views and opinions. My, my boys were great today, performance-wise. Executed in every aspect of the game except for putting the ball in the back of the net. So we'll regroup this week and we'll look forward to next week's game. The gaffers there talking about the Minnesota-Vancouver game. And as, as Robo said, they did everything he asked for them apart from score and keep the ball out of the net. <laughs> Two important things, but yeah. Yeah. I, 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 in the climate of where things are at right now, yeah, I think he, when they do put that up, you'll, people will not be happy. Well, anything but, he says now is going to get picked to pieces. Which is by, which by is people. unfortunate because I, I like like Steve, we were just saying. I thought they actually played a, a a good game. They just could not finish. Yeah, they did. And they had That's one one, one lapse at the back. Yeah. And and if it had been a draw against eleven men, or if they'd lost one nil to eleven men, it may not have felt so bad because of how well they did play. But because it was against ten men, that kind of clouds it all. In the minds of a I, lot of people. I think that takes it to a different place here, right, Michael? But still, that Minnesota team with 11 players, if they had 11 players, that you still would have felt yeah. hard done by. They were so depleted. Because not just 11 players, but how they actually played. I don't, I don't think Minnesota played well. well. I'll read a couple of tweets here before we move on. One from Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World, who says, Robinson doesn't have the budget of some teams, but this loss had nothing to do with his budget and everything to do with his managerial style. That's becoming the increasing trend. I wouldn't trust him with a bigger budget. Okay. When you go back and watch that game, can you really say that that uh, maybe one substitution could have been done differently? But that that game is on the players who yeah, missed the chance. Which is what yeah. I say a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I think but I do say that one other decision for me is Nicol- Nicholas Mosquita putting him in the starting lineup. 
I know you want to uh, 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 reward him for a previous thing, but we've seen it time and time again. Whenever he's a starter, it doesn't work out well. So one di- Not- difference in the starting lineup and one sub difference. Yeah. But also at the same time, you do have to question the tactics and the strategy and the the way that certain players are utilized or not utilized to their best. But still, in this specific game, they created m- yeah. way more and than that's enough. On the players to to finish those totally, bad. yeah, and it, yeah. This, uh, this one for me, you you only people are only putting it on the coaching staff because of the climate and because of yeah. w- their perception. It's of a where pi- it's essentially a, it is a piling on. I'll just read a couple of tweets here from Austin Sweeney. He says, I'm not a fan of the Robbo bashing. He's been an excellent servant to the club and great to the fans. Yes, we need a new manager because I don't think he's at the level that he can take us any further. His tactics and player selection, both starting and subs, aren't good enough. But the blame is far from his feet alone. Management, front office, owners are more so responsible for setting such a low bar and disregarding the fans. Not that he's been anywhere near what Wenger was for Arsenal, I think neither man deserve the personal abuse that they get. Robo's done a lot for us, won us our first Voyager's Cup, a few Cascadia Cups, CONCACAF Champions League semi-final appearance, and our best season in MLS. It's time for a change, but don't forget the good he has brought us as well. That I, I would probably disagree with a little part of that, but still, that's a more well-balanced perspective yeah, than you're going to find yeah, on Twitter I right th- now. I think that's excellent. Let's just chat a little bit more to to finish off this part just about the game, then we will move on to other things. Now, last week I was kind of pondering whether the RSL win was simply papering over the cracks. It wasn't something that you guys got around to talking about, but... Does this loss tear that paper back off again, or do you just put it down to bad finishing? And do you feel the RSL game is papering over cracks? I, I, I think it is a little bit because of the possession issue, because they're not able to hold on to the ball. The thing is, you, you, we talk about injuries and stuff like that, people getting tired and worn down. When you're chasing the ball around, you are going to get tired and you are susceptible to more injuries because you're just running around chasing the ball all the time. So they need to hold on to the ball to not only maintain uh, their the, their ability to play for longer and their ability to stay healthy. I think it has a major thing, a, ma- uh, uh, a major issue there, possessing the ball. And I think that is going to be a big issue even going down the road. Yes, they have a deeper squad, but why not have a more consistent squad if you have to if you can hold on to the ball? But Steve, in this game, they had the they had the fifty seven percent possession. Well, that's in yeah, the second half. But sec- after they sent off the One, first half, Minnesota dominated it was 60, the 40. possession. It was sixty forty, but they still had the better of the play. They had, yeah, they had the better of the play on the counter attack. Yeah, they also outshot Minnesota nineteen to four, which is what we've been talking about. And you have to do better with that. And it's it's a, something that's haunted us for seasons with different players. So, I mean, is that then more down to the way that the team plays? It can't constantly be all these players we're bringing in that just can't finish chances. Are they not set up in the right way to win and to to convert these chances? Yeah, to answer your original question, Michael, is it papering over the cracks? For me, to just go and change a manager or a member of the coaching staff, that would be papering over the cracks because the, yeah. b- the problems that's, that's the problems a, a are quick fix. As Austin said, the problems are further up in this in this football club, and if you don't fix those things, it's going to be more of the same. 
poor defending on the goal. We touched on that. Do you keep the same back four now moving forward? Franklin and Levi's, you can point fingers at for the goal. I think they did well apart from that, and I, I, I would go with them moving forward. I, I would, I, if you're going to rotate the midfield, then you're going to rotate the fullbacks, and I don't think you're going to have consistent fullbacks because you want. And if, maybe this gets when uh, Jake and Marcel Dion come on. Maybe it gets them going uh, up the field more because they know that they're not going to be playing every game, so they can put the, all their effort into the game that they play in. That would that would be an interesting approach, and that would I think that could be extremely helpful. Yeah. Uh, I was a, I was a little surprised that that Marcel didn't come back in for this game. Jay, I thought Brett would just because he he had done so well and Robo sang his praises so much after the RSL game that. But I thought that because the cramps, I, like I thought because the cramps mm-hmm. he got in the 60th minute, maybe he they were going to hold him out one more game. But he played a full yeah. 90. And yeah. he did admit it's something that's plagued him his whole career really is is cramps, which is a little bit worrying. I, I also think because of the fact that you're going to have two games. I think a, a game oh, next yeah, week in the midweek game, oh, you're right. definitely going to have some kind of rotation there with the fullbacks. Yeah, the Houston Friday, game Wednesday, yeah. could yeah. be the tougher of the two, and we'll come to that in a bit as well. But we touched on it in the first part, a lot of different formations used this year. What, what is the ideal one for us? Is there an ideal one for us, or is it a good idea to change all these formations based on the opposition? <laughs> I think... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to not see them starting off in like a four-two-three-one or a four-one-four-one. Uh, I, I, we've talked about this in the past. I, I really thought it was going to happen on the weekend, but it would be nice to see you have two players. The other, th- you have Tony and Kai, who are both they probably both prefer to play a number nine, but they both have played, from what I understand, wide. And that's why one of the reasons why yeah, even even, even and, and Kai totally has so a number of Kai's MLS goals at Kansas City were because he was a winger and he was this huge winger who would tower over small fullbacks on back post crosses and he would have a field day, and so he he naturally would rather be in the middle and and the, for multiple reasons. But um, I really thought that could happen in the game whether he came on and played wide or he went in the middle and yeah. Tony went outside. So I I I really want to see that. I really want to see what that looks like. I, I don't know that they're going to do that at home when they feel like they have to win, and so they'll stick with what they maybe think is tried and tested. And then if it goes to away game, then it becomes like the three five two, where you're like, oh, if if it has a horrendous thing, you know, like the snow game last year, and it's like we'll never go back to that because we have this dark, dreary memory of what it was. So I, I worry that I worry that, that that's the only way that that might happen and that mm-hmm. might taint it. But I I, I think four three two one is going to be continue to be their kind of mainstay or four four one four one. Now Juarez wasn't back in the team, didn't come on as a sub either. Now was that tactical or was that a message being sent or maybe a bit of both? Well, I don't think it was. If you're thinking message because of the disciplinary issue, yeah. I think then Reina wouldn't have came on because uh, Reina was the one that basically started that fracas in, in Kansas City. With a throwdown, yeah, but Reynas was a little bit. Well, he grabbed different. him by the neck and threw him to the ground. I, I think that's he kind of grabbed him. Whatever. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. But, but it was let's a take. Let's not go back. Let's not go back. Okay, but uh, but I don't think it was. I think it was. You know, they had they had to go for it, and I think they realized that Juarez is not a guy that's yes. going to be in the attacking I th- side. I think that's the bigger part. You're right. Yeah. See, that's yeah, okay. the bigger part. Is Jordy offers more going forward forward than Effie does? Yeah. Now there was no movement from the Caps before the transfer window closed. What? I know. Well, Justin Fittis went to Fresno. 
Right. So I guess you could say there was that. But no players came him. in, no players came out, and he started as well. In, in the I weekend. thought Fresno doesn't start Whitecaps players. No, it started two for Hoven and Fittis. Oh, that's right. For, yeah, so but there were some big hitters and a lot of salary on the bench to, to start that game on Saturday. Shea, Reina, Juarez, Kamara. Now, obviously, we know Kamara was just coming back from the injury, but and we've kind of talked ad nauseum about how it feels that the money is maybe not the best spent and there's not a lot getting spent, but... Is that the efficiency that the front office craves to have all those salaries on the on the bench? Well, it's funny. It's funny that you've seen that word now. Have you? I don't know if you've been paying attention, but that word is being used in Seattle now. Yes, by yeah, Garth Waterway. Yes. Like it's spreading. Yeah, like he a backtracked di- big time on it's it. It's spreading yeah. like a disease. We're not. We're not the big five. We're not going to. We need to be more efficient. I was just like, oh man. Which is funny because we usually hold Seattle up as oh we're not like Seattle. <laughs> Well, except for the first year when they're like, "Oh, Seattle be is going to look like a picnic compared to what?" Mm. Yeah, Maybe. but uh, no, it, d- it just doesn't seem cost effective to have those big names on the bench. But rightly, some of them are on the bench because they're not the best players just now. So then you have to question: Is the money being spent wisely? We're never going to compete. We're not going to splash the big cash. So we have to spend what we're spending in a good way, and it just doesn't feel like we have it feels early to to, to judge that on like this this the, on the whole squad but yeah i think based on this game yeah michael well, yeah well the, the whole it feels harsh in a number of ways to criticize a team that's sitting third in the west as well true but technically points per game they're down in seventh right so mm. but as usual, we had our rankings, so let's see what the listeners thought. <laughs> Chris did a pretty good job yeah. of uh, filling in for you. Sammy Zane would like this. Who? Oh, you don't know. He's a wrestler. Okay. okay. Uh, so, again, rankings. Thanks for everybody that uh, chimed in. What's been catching your eye this week, Steve? Oh, sorry, that's a <laughs> wrong part. So, the, we'll go from the bottom. Again, we don't put in subs uh, uh, for these bottom three. But bottom three is uh, Bernie Beanie, who was apparently starting. Hmm. Um, Jose Aha was bo- uh, second from the bottom. And Sean Franklin, third from the bottom. Interesting. And from the top, top five, uh, as usual. Oh, do you want to go five to one? Five to one. Five to one. I don't know why you like going one to five. I it's don't know. It's very confusing. Kendall Waston at, in at number five. Number four, Bet Levi's, even though he had the mistake. People nah, still that's, that's what I was interested in. I think to those might have been four. the Saskatchewan votes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ali Gazal at number three. Anthony Blondell, number two. And Alfonso Davies, as usual, number one. <laughs> Let's just give him the, the trophy now. The only way he doesn't get it is if he gets transferred in the mm. summer. <laughs> that, that was interesting. Some of those, I have to say. Okay, so again, uh, usual questions we post now. How many players get a passing grade? Uh, zero to three was number one with 55%. Four to seven, uh, 38%. And then eight to 10 was uh, 7%. And uh, all of them got nothing. Um, where would you put the coaching staff? 10 to 14 got first with 48%. Uh, 15th got 31%. And then five to nine got seventeen uh, percent. One to four got a couple of votes. What was the main reason for the loss against Minnesota? Lack of finishing, combination, inspired goalkeeping, or other? Uh, lack of finishing got fifty-eight. 
I was going to say, why did you read any of the other ones after lack of finish? I don't know, because this is the order that they came <laughs> in. I should have. Combination was 32, and 10% was other. In- inspired goalkeeping got zero. Zero votes. So nobody really rates uh, Bobby Shuttleworth. I don't, I don't rate him either, but he had a good game. Was, a final a final uh, question. Uh, was this the right starting lineup? Uh, no got 45%. Not sure got 30%. And yes got 25%. That's... Closer as well. Yeah, I thought it would maybe have been two big games coming up now at home: Houston on Friday, San Jose on Wednesday. Are we in make or break territory yet for for Robo? Or just to kind of build this narrative well, up, or is it way too early? Well, it's home games, so the home games themselves are make or break. They need to win those games. They can't drop points anymore at home. And honestly. two teams below them in the table. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Houston, well, Houston's pretty impressive right yeah, now. Yeah, they are below them, but they've played less games. Houston has not been good in Vancouver. Not recently, no. But they not ever actually. They, yeah, they have. <laughs> they have. They have weapons, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyoto. Kyoto is like getting in form for them. Yes, and he, and when you got the Panther really at the black po- at the back post on the other side, uh, they they got some they got some good players. I mean, the, Sa- the San Jose game is definitely winnable. The Houston game you'd hope is winnable because they haven't won anything on the road yet. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Briefly, I, just to round this section off, what changes would you like to see in, in the starting lineup? Well, ex- you expect Kamara to start. Yeah. That's first. I'd like to see, even if Blundell doesn't, I think Blundell will probably won't start because they'll probably start him for the other game because I don't think they want to start Kamara twice in a week either because of the injury. Coming back from it, I don't. I don't know if they're going to start Kamara for the first one. Oh, really? Really? I think they, I think they will. Because they had him. The initial starting uh, return date was May 11th. He, yeah. he posted that on there. So he looked rusty, not Tiber, but he did look a little rusty. So I think he needs to get a run and a start to kind of just. So, but get if he if, if he gets a start, expect to see him come off between 60 and 70. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's almost guaranteed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I expect to see Rusty back in there. Yeah, about, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah, who's back in. Uh, and then, like you said, Steve, it could be interesting to see if they do like a fullback swap or alter or... Yeah, there's probably probably a good chance that they might change one for one match and then one for the other. I could see that. Mm. I, I think Marcel would start on the Friday against Houston. By the way, when I said Panther, I was expecting you guys to talk about uh, Albert Elith because he's your favorite. Albert Ellis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellis. yeah. Good guy. Well, we'll we'll be talking a little bit about Houston and some of the other MLS stuff in part three, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Were you elevated by that song, Steve? I was. <laughs> Zach has no idea what that is. Do you is want to explain to him? Is this more the guys in tights and the... Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course okay. it is. Of course. It's Will Ospreay's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Will. He shares it with Owen Hart, too. He's English, but I still quite like him. I do like some English folk. Okay, wait, is Owen Hart Bret Hart's brother? Yes. yes. Okay, I remember him from back he in the day. He passed away. 
Did he really? A long time ago. Oh. Yeah, he died in the ring in a horrible accident. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I remember Brett. Brett and Owen, they were team, tag team partners like way back, right? Yes, the Heart Foundation. Yeah. See, that was when I was a kid. Yeah. That's that, when you're supposed to watch that stuff, right? When you're a kid. Yeah. Isn't that also when you're meant to play with the Lego? No. All, that's a lifelong a lifelong thing. But the thing is, if, if the only kids are watching the wrestling, how do you think they're still in business? Because kids don't make that much money. Yeah. No, because they have parents. Like good parents like Steve that takes his kid to the wrestling. <laughs> my first wrestling show was with him. I never gone to a wrestling yeah. show before. That. My first wrestling show was with his kid as well. <laughs> and Steve. I, I, I just, I, just to stress, I didn't just take Steve's kid for the day. Although if I can get me some free stuff, I, I will try that. <laughs> anyway, you are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. We are broadcasting from the University of British Columbia. Students listening in with their Kurt Cobain posters on the wall on one side of their room, their Zachary Meisenheimer posters on the other. I think your, what? your, your references are really old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you did, you, oh, you did mention that last week when I asked you for the Star Wars thing. Yeah. I was setting you up because I thought somebody would say that the win over RSL was a new hope. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. But you, you didn't no. do that. Sorry. Yeah. We missed that. Cute. If it was just titles, then it wouldn't have been that. No. Anyway, two weeks ago, when Joe was here, we stole something from his preview show, the Do You Know Who I Am section, and Zach enjoyed that a lot. So I thought, it's a quiet week, there's not much to talk did, about. Did, did you like how on their the preview show they credited me with getting the name right? Yes, and not Steve. <laughs> but anyway, now it's time for to play once again, Do You Know Who I Am? So I thought I would mix it up and make it a little bit different from what they do in the preview show. So the person you have to guess today oh, no. is an East Fife legend. Oh, no. God, Obviously a joke. Stop! Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> you just in was, general, just I was, stop. No, I was going to say, say Gordon Forrest. Yeah, I was going to say Gordon Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should say that because this is an MLS coach oh. that you have to guess this week. Oh. So not a player. Okay. Now, I'm not uh, saying current, whether, current MLS coach? current coach. I'm not saying whether it's a head coach, oh. a goalkeeping coach, or an assistant coach. Just keep that open. So you'll get seven clues. You can answer once after each clue if you want. If you want to answer, say stop. And as we discovered the last time, it's great radio dead air time. This, <laughs> this section of the show. Clue number one. I was born on December twenty ninth. 1972. Oh, so it could be a coach on any MLS team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to narrow it down to December 29th. Not necessarily a Whitecaps coach, because that would really narrow it down. Yeah. Oh, that was just... <laughs> look on his face. <laughs> I know it threw him off. Okay. <laughs> so that... Clue number two. I was an attacking player in my playing days... And I played as a midfielder and forward. Stop. This is the first thought that came into my mind, so it might be dead wrong. I'm going to say Precky. No. He's not an MLS he's coach? Not, not I don't think he's a current coach. coach. Yeah, right. I don't think he is. No, but oh, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's no, not right good. now. Entering into the spirit. Clue number three. I played for two MLS sides in my 12 seasons in the league. I have no idea. Okay. I don't know who's a coach. 
Ah, our MLS section next is going to be good. Yeah. Go ahead. Next, oh, we'll... okay. I was. I thought someone. No. would guess. We well, said... I, I can't have a guess, but I don't think it's right. Should well, I... you can guess. And you okay, can... I'll say up. Jason Christ. Correct. Yeah, okay. There you go. You shouldn't have encouraged him. Yeah. No. Well, okay. I thought the second. What were the other clues? What were the other clues? The other four clues were: I am an MLS original and played in the league from its first season of existence in 1996, scoring 115 goals and 341 appearances. I am in the top 10 of most regular season wins as a coach. He is 7th with 103. I am currently managing my third MLS club. Mm. And the last one, I became the youngest coach to win an MLS Cup when I won it in 2009. No. Oh, I see. I would have got it there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, the 12 years threw me off a little bit because I thought that was too short. But. I'll make sure I, I have this section every time we move up for the trance guy, just to kind of <laughs> keep, keep that audience. And also, Har loves that Roni Pickering thing as well. So that, that one's for you, Har. She's sitting at home, listening just now. Hopefully. <laughs> Someone is, I'm sure. Anyway, now it's time for our MLS West Weekend Review. The Caps may have lost, but... They stay in third. Yeah, because not another team have won. No. <laughs> and as I mentioned earlier, seventh though in terms of points per game. But it's better to have the points on the board than in your back pocket. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say those. Can you repeat that again? Those the same thing? Having them on the board and in your back pocket? No. Well, the, the games in hand are in your yes. back pocket. Okay. okay. That's where you keep your games in hand. That's where I keep it, lots of things. Okay. I have bulging back pockets. Look. Look at my ass. Bulging. The action. Started LAFC and Dallas. 1-0 draw. Former white guy. Beta. Opened the scoring. Ninth minute. With all that talent, the one guy you don't expect to score. Yeah. Great finish. No, it was a nice finish. Maxi Uruti. He was excellent, actually, yeah. in, in the game for Dallas. He tied it up in the 55th. And they were missing players, too, I think, right? Yeah. Oh. New, new addition, Lee Wynn, was on the LA bench. And don't want to talk too much, really, about the LA-Dallas game. It, it was 1-1. So what? But this win signing, does this move LAFC up to another level? They had a lot of talent as it was. Yeah. Is this now the final piece that they were needing to make this team <clears throat> title contender? I, I still think I still think they're going to be weak on on the back end. Yeah. Like there's going to be games where they they're solid and then um, they'll be able to overcome it. But there is there are going to be and I don't even think it's the center backs. I think it's the midfielders playing in front of the center backs. I I think what this helps with the most is when the World Cup comes. Yeah, and they yeah. lose Carlos Vela, they lose Simon, they lose uh, I don't know they're losing Rossi. I can't remember. No, I don't think Rossi's I, going. Yeah, Mark so, Anthony Key on. Uh, oh yeah, right. Um, so I think that that's when this will help the most in terms of creating offense. It, it you're right, Steve. It won't help at the back. I think when Simon goes to the yeah. World Cup. They're going to have, even though he is a kind of last-ditch diving, sliding defender, um, like I'm surprised he got up from sliding on that Teixeira, you know, juke um, in, in time to go to L.A., but he, uh, he, um, yeah, when he's gone, like I, I don't have great hope. Maybe Jordan be, Harvey will play center back. It's going to be Ke- Kevin Keegan-style 5-4 games yeah. probably. Yeah. 
At least entertaining to watch. Now, we had a question on Twitter from Gareth Wolf, which was for the preview show, but they, they didn't get a chance to get to it. So we'll discuss it now. Should the Whitecaps have made a play to try and bring Wynn back here? Would he have been accepted because of kind of the cloud that he left well, I don't the even, last time? I don't know if he would have wanted to come back here, first of all. You don't know that. Yeah. And not, the, not so sure he even wanted to be here to begin with, yeah. really. And I I think I, I, I could have remember somebody on Twitter saying that they, they just, they didn't even, they thought that Kumiento was going to be the guy that was going to play as the creative guy and then that's why they felt he was surplus and they got rid of him. I think mm. Slamo might have said that. Somebody on, said on that. Twitter. I can't remember who said yeah, that. Yeah. It was, if, I remember talking to the players and the players with the, let's say, the highest footballing IQ in that side were just gobsmacked that they... Just got rid of him. Yeah, they just got rid of him for absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's not um, to minimize, you know, what he said and what he shouldn't have said, all that. Nothing about that. But but who he was as a player, they just could not believe that they just just shipped him out for for absolutely nothing. The big problem, the bigger problem, for me, you see, you're a good point. Would he want to come here? Yeah, I think highly unlikely. Yeah. I don't think... This Whitecaps uh, front office uh, football committee, they're not the kind of people who hold up their hand and say, oh, yeah, we got that wrong. Let's make it right. They're not that kind of people. You talk to supporters and how they have to deal with them and stuff like that. They're not that kind of people. So I would not see at all. Like when you look, like it was like a year. It was like, not a year. It was a long time before they started showing Eric Hasley goals and some of their highlight packages after after he left because they they always try and distance themselves uh, from 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 their foreign players if they're concerned about the perception or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they would be able to swallow their pride and say, oh, yeah, we got that wrong. Let's bring him back now. Lee Wendell did provide me, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, with one of my favorite MLS memories of the Whitecaps. Not being able to find the television? Yeah, oh, where yeah. he tweeted out that there was no television in his room. And then someone said, have you tried opening, opening the, the cabinet? cabinet? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was all in that ill-fated... Maybe his football IQ was better than his normal IQ, at least with TVs. Next game was a draw. Seattle. Seattle, Columbus. <sighs> yeah. And there no, was, no. I, I, I was thinking this at the time, and then I think Duncan tweeted about it. Uh, uh, Duncan Nickel tweeted about it. But just like, when I watched the highlights from this game, when I watched parts of this game, it was just like, it almost like didn't make, I don't know, you, it made, make you, made me feel a little bit like not as bad about how bad Vancouver's weekend win? Yeah. Because like, Seattle played at home too, I think. They were at home. Yeah. And they were Pedro up. Santos got sent off 15 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole, like, more minutes. <laughs> and, and their and their chances were... Their chance, <laughs> not good with math. Their, not good with math. Their, their chances... Their, the chances they created were not nearly uh, as good. No. 10 men. They couldn't beat 10 men. And then Will Bruin had some interesting comments afterwards too. Yeah, I'm just getting that up just now. Just talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Michael loves Will Bruin. If you're new oh, to the show, I think we're both actually in the camp. Oh, you love I, Will Bruin. I too. wanted to draft him in the first year. Uh, they, I think it was he was drafted Did in 2011, something like that. I forget what number. No, he was. maybe after because the he's Whitecaps had eight. Ace, eight was uh, uh, was yeah. eight. Everywhere that he's gone, he scores goals. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Obviously, he'd come here and then wouldn't. That seems to be the norm. But he said, we were too predictable. We didn't even try to play through the final third. I think everyone in the stadium knew we were going to try and push it wide and try to cross it. You've got to find other ways to try to create chances. We just haven't been able to do that. We've got to be willing to take chances, get some creativity, some flair, move the ball quicker, got to pass and move, try and say things. 
and he just goes on. Wait, wait, so wait. What player does this team? What, Will Bruin. What player? What team does he play for? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, basically, he, he ends up going. If you can't tell, I'm pretty frustrated right now. Now that's damning stuff. People are beginning to question, like your friends, uh, your friends you hang out with there in Middle Cascadia, whether or not, yeah, there's they're starting to uh, Brian sort of yeah, lost the, the, the players in, the, in their locker room a little bit. Yeah, it does look that way, and I haven't had a chance to fully read Twitter tonight, but there's been a lot of chatter about is Schmitzer's job in danger. I mean, I I said with Orlando, and we'll come to them at the end of this section, that. They were on a run that they got a win that I think saved the the bacon of Christ. And now, six wins in a row for them. But we'll, we'll come at that. Our opponents on Friday, Houston. Had a pretty good yeah, show. finding form just when we want them to. 3-2 win over LA Galaxy, who are not in the best of form themselves. Alejandro Fuamayor. Um, or did that as usual. Anyway, he got them off to a great start two minutes in. Side foot and home a Kyoto free kick. Really bizarre. It was flagged for offside. And then, and then it was given. given. Yeah, It wasn't offside. No. No. It was a great run by him. Uh, there was Gio, a guy close to him that was. Yeah, he was. Off. Head, yeah. Gio DeSantis brought LA level six minutes before half time. Put in a rebound off his Latin shot. Yeah. Kamara did well. He set it up. He picked the ball at the halfway line. Then, two minutes into the second half, Houston score again from Kyoto. And as you said, Kyoto's really started to find its form. Kamara must have thought he'd got a point for LA five minutes from time. Yeah. But someone didn't get the memo. Memo Rodriguez. 90th minute winner. After Kyoto's shot hits the bar, fell into his path. I think I could have probably bundled it home. 16 shots for Houston, nine of them on target. How big a threat are they to the Caps next week? I think they will be a threat. Yeah, they don't. They don't travel. Well. They don't travel. No, well. no, no, no wins at all. On it the seems road. like they don't take a plane at all. That's how badly they travel. It's like maybe go by cart. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have so many big offensive weapons. Like the, yeah. their their front three is is imposing. And, Th- this would be a good and, game and, for us to go three at the back and dynamic. Uh, I don't think so. Actually, I don't. Were you just joking? I, I was joking. Okay. <laughs> Could you nope. not tell by the words three at the back? Yeah. <laughs> it looks so promising in preseason oh, at times. Uh, I don't know. But Zlatan, I mean, LA, three straight losses, four defeats in the last five. See, a big name signing does not solve everything. Because you have to have balance and you have to have people at the back too. They're giving up, they're giving up way so many goals. Yeah, I, I, I've said this before, but about LA, I still think they're they're digging themselves out of the Bruce Arena yeah. uh, situation there. Yeah, well, funnily enough, we have some audio now from Ziggy Schmidt oh, no. after the loss. Oh, no. So, Ziggy, I mean, how, how did you feel about that loss? That probably won't make the podcast. It will. Oh, will it? <laughs> That'll be the start of next week's show. Anyway. We might have blown the speakers here. Mm. Houston have not had the same result two games running all year. Yeah. Win, loss, draw, loss, draw, win, loss, win. That means a win for uh, us. Do you think they'll break it and get the double win? No, I'm saying we'll win. Oh, we'll win. That's what ah. it means. Do you think we'll win, Zach? Draw? No, win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave win? <laughs> no. LAFC. <laughs> The goats? Are you down with them? Sure. <laughs> I've had a lot of hickory sticks before the show tonight. 
<laughs> Slightly too many. Um, Kansas City kept up their great start at the top of the table. 1-0 win over Colorado. They're playing at home so against Colorado, yeah. so you expect them to win this one. Daniel Saloy fired home a rebound. Also had one off the post. It was a week of rebounds, really. It wasn't really much in this game. It was a bit of a disappointing game all round if you were a neutral. But oh, yeah. It was not a good game. No, three <laughs> straight losses for Colorado now as well. Shocking. So we're, we're in a good club. We Well, we haven't got three straight losses, but we had three straight losses. San Jose and Portland. That was another game that was not that good. But Timbers made it three wins and three after Valeri scored oh, two minutes from time. Nice goal. Cracking free kick. Yeah. That's a difference maker. It was, what's he on? Two point something? Or is it more than that? Four point something? I forget now. Uh, it's two It's two points. I can't it? remember. Very defense-minded match, really. Portland's the most formed team in the West right now, though. So, I mean, it does show you that it is easy to, to turn things around. And they let that Liam uh, Ridgewell guy back play with them, mm. for them again. Three straight wins, as I said, for the Timbers. Minnesota is the only other team in the West just now with a multiple game winning streak. Two. Wow. Well, so in the it West. Just shows you that the West the is wild, still wild very, West. very up for grabs, which makes these points that we've lost disappointingly in games like away in RSL and then this game in Minnesota just so frustrating. Speaking of RSL. Yeah. They also dropped They took points. the lead today. Took the lead. They hit a couple it posts. Was Corey Baird. Who hit the post for against us, but scored. Your favorite guy in the yeah. match, yeah. Not Corey Basso. No. But oh, then, he's my favorite guy. Yeah. Orlando came back and, like, basically within 18 minutes, scored three goals and took Six the game. Six games on the bounce. Yeah. They're looking good. Dwyer again. See? Difference maker. I hear he likes popcorn. Oh. Huh. Especially BC plays popcorn. Oh, yeah. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, so eventful stuff in the West. And... Houston, San Jose coming up. Two big games for the Caps. But won't step on the preview podcast too much, but just Joe quick... told Joel told me he loves it when people step on his toes. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's Irish. It's, they've got a bit of a sadomasochistic streak in them. Quick prediction. What do you think from the game? <clears throat> I'll kick things off then. 1-1. <laughs> one, one. Oh, I was going to say a draw. I was well, say if you'd draw. said that, they would... <laughs> I'll say 2-1 Vancouver. I think it'd be a draw, maybe nil-nil or two-two. Hmm. Anyway, we'll be back with more chat after this. Hi guys, this is Felipe. Thanks for listening, AFTN. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear The stars creak as you sleep, it's keeping me awake It's the house telling you to close your eyes Pizza! You like the commercial, I guess. Hmm. The thing is, that commercial won't be in the podcast, so me yelling pizza will mean very little to people, but... <laughs> You are listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. And now it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show. Yeah, it is. It is favourite part of mine. Yeah, wavelength time. 
don't know what you guys were going on about last week about Panini songs. That song had nothing to do with. Yeah, Panini. but you gave us no information when you <laughs> said it. <laughs> I thought you would have listened to it. No, I didn't. Uh, I like I like how you. When you put out the podcast, you edited out your part. Yeah, I had to edit out my introduction. I thought you were going to edit our, our introduction. Yeah, that's what I yeah. yours, yours was better. But if I, I, I didn't no, have yours was way exponentially better. <laughs> I didn't know that Chris was on until too late and I'd sent all the stuff off. I had a Grimsby-themed oh. song that I could have had last week. So next time he's on... Chris would have loved that. Yeah, we'll, we will do that. It's from the editor of the Cod Almighty fanzine. So. Oh, wow. See, that, that's the thing. I had no idea whether the... the, the this is how little you gave us. I didn't <laughs> know Vulture Culture was the name of the song or Roy or the Rogers rap was the song or Roy the artist. Roy of the Rovers, Roy Rogers is <laughs> a Rogers. cowboy. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, BC is the home of the Rovers. I'm just saying, that's the, as little as I knew. Oh, dear. Well, you'll, you'll like this, this week's one, because it's less than two minutes. Yeah. And I've been saving this all season. I've been waiting for... AFC Wimbledon to be mathematically safe from relegation. There you go. It came on Tuesday, which we didn't have a show. So the season is now over, but they are mathematically safe. And that is a football phrase that I love because you don't really use it for anything else. But friends of the show, Half Man, Half Biscuit, have kind of thought, what if you did use it for other things? And this is Half Man, Half Biscuit from their album Trouble Over Bridgewater, Mathematically Safe. morning hanging round the trap door saw a girl like i've never seen before i want to make her mathematically safe want to keep her mathematically safe take her up where we're mathematically safe gonna wake up mathematically Table. There's nothing much on my fork, it's alright though Cause I can go for my walk around Carmel Mathematically safe, ain't no alarm bell We're mathematically safe on a lilo In a sea of alright, I'm a fool And I just wanna duck Half Man, Half Biscuit there, mathematically safe from their 2000 album, Trouble Over Bridgewater. Up the Dons? This up the Dons. Or the Dons Down the up. franchise. Awesome. East Fife, mathematically safe. AFC Wimbledon, mathematically safe. Oh, West the- Ham United, mathematically... Well, actually, they're not yet. But they're, they're almost mathematically safe. Has MK gone down? Yes, they have right, gone down. So, go. AFC Wimbledon Dancing are a league above... MK Dawn. Must feel so good. That, that, yeah. I wanted great. to go bust now. That'd be yeah. even better. Half man, that would half be biscuit. ironic. Yeah. 
I've still got a lot of half man, half biscuit songs. I thought I'd run out of the football ones, and then I realised I had. What about whole them. man, whole biscuit? When do we get to that? That could be our tribute band. There you go. We could do that. You could do that. Mm. They've got a new album coming out on May eighteenth. It's called No One Cares About Your Creative Hub. So get your effing hedge cut. And there's at least two football themed songs on that, judging by the titles. Do, they know, do they know about Wavelength? Yes. Are they doing it just for Wavelength? Ale House Futsal and Swerving the Chicka Trade. There's so, a skeezer. Well, <laughs> there's a skeezer in Vancouver. You'll be looking forward to those coming up. And friend of the show, Smapty Jones, has put together an AFTN wavelength Spotify listening list. Up the Smapty. I don't have Spotify, so I don't understand it. But I believe if you search for AFTN, you will have our wavelength thing. I, we're going to do a, a I, YouTube one. As I think well. if you subscribe, you can get it. But even if you don't, you can still be able to get the playlist itself and can, listen can to it. Can you imagine people just driving sure, around and that's all they're listening to is wavelength songs? Love Smapty Jones. That's me most of the time. <laughs> Constantly in my head, these songs. And I've got some good ones coming up this month because we're going to keep Football Violence Month till June when the World Cup's on because I think that'll be more appropriate. You think there'll be violence at this World Cup I in just, Russia? I have a hunch. <laughs> I've got a bet on it. So the rest of this month's Wavelength songs are all going to be about football players. So I've got some crackers coming up. But now it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. <laughs> BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for news, links, lots more, locally, nationally, internationally. Make it part of your daily routine. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? <laughs> so, um, a, a little follow-up from earlier, uh, actually late last year, after all the World Cup uh, qualifying had happened, uh, Peru captain Paulo Guerrero was suspended, and everybody thought he was going to miss the World Cup, and then the suspension was reduced by six months, so just in time for the World mm. Cup, or I think later on this week. Because I think that's how Reina got called into the team at one point. Yeah. And then I think what's happened is the there is another ruling. He's actually appealing even the six-month ban. Uh, I don't know what that's going to get for him. He might as well stay. But the, also, I think the World Doping Agency is trying Water, to get that, yeah. is trying to get it extended to two years. So there is still a chance he could miss the World Cup. I, uh, I, I don't think players should be taking things they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, well, he says it happened because it was a small amount yeah. of, and it was because of spiked heat. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. A player's going to say what they need to say. I'm not saying he is, but a, a, it's not unheard of for an athlete to say what they need to say to make it better than what it is. I, I my, my only thing with this is I, I kind of like Jose Paulo Guerrero. He was, he was a youth, came through the youth team at Bayern and I got to see him play as a youth, like in 2003, further. And I kind of hope he's able to play for 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 Peru. But I also hope that he is what he says is true. So I, yeah, we'll see but what you happens. Don't, but you don't condone. Cocaine. I don't condone the use of things cocaine. that they're not supposed to. Yeah. Okay, so n- new news: uh, referee attacked by Ethiopian footballers for goal decision. Basically, a referee uh, called the go-ahead goal. And um, as usual, what happens in these kind of situations? <laughs> he gets chased around by the players. But then the coach. It was hard to tell if it had gone over the line. Yeah, it was close. But Wait, they don't they, use VAR in Egypt. They don't. No, it was Ethiopia. It was Ethiopia. Oh, Ethiopia. Sorry. And then, and then, but he was caught up. Uh, a coach of that team caught up to him and basically just punched him out. Yes. Uh, and then all the the videos up too came yeah. and separated them and actually talking. Well, we'll finish this. Yeah. Yeah. 
But in the coach was has been fired, yep. and all games have been suspended in the league going forward. I'm not sure how much going forward because they're trying to show that you shouldn't punch the referee yes, in the face. That's okay. ideal. Now you mentioned VAR there, so this won't be on the headlines because it only happened overnight. Yeah. Did you see what happened in the Australian Grand Final? Oh no! Oh, you tweeted that out. The, yeah, the, the winning goal came in the ninth minute. But it may have been offside, so they went to look at VAR to see if it was, but the VAR wasn't working, they didn't get a oh. feed into the stadium, so they couldn't review it, and it looks like it was an offside goal, and that decided the final, 1-0. Well, so that's then, not VAR's fault, that's uh, some, yeah, that's some te- technology. technology yeah. Yeah. Or but some, the thing is, some, the people someone that, didn't plug something in. Yeah. The, but the people who are against VAR are yeah, happy about more, this. more ammunition yeah. for them. Okay, so and, and other news from Africa. Uh, FIFA is advancing African World Cup teams $2 million for player bonuses. Now, they're advancing this. Usually teams get this after the World Cup is over. Yeah. But then every, there has been... Every World Cup there's... Yeah. Well, for example, the 2014 World Cup, uh, Cameroon arrived late. Ghana's government actually flew in $3 million worth of cash to pay their players because they were threatening a strike. And Nigerian players canceled the team practice. So I think this is a way to just stop this from happening. So yeah. the the players get the money and they're not concerned about not getting the money, which ha- tends to happen sometimes, I, apparently. I, I'm not sure how to say this in a non-ethnocentric sounding way, yep. but having talked to players from Africa, uh, the corruption that happens around football. Because there's no guarantee and, you're going to get the money yeah, afterwards. And the FAs yeah. is really disturbing from the anecdotal firsthand reports I've heard. Lower league team, Dunstable Town, uh, has been relegated to the regional division. I think it's level eight of the English uh, league leagues. But they're basically the owner, who's got a great name, Tony McCool, um, is crowdfunding money for the players because they basically had no playing budget. It is a semi-pro team. Um, they basically got into financial problems. They had no playing budget. And the players that were on the team left, basically, for um, you know for money elsewhere. And uh, they they held out trials. They got together a squad of twenty one. It wasn't enough. These guys paid for their own money to get to the get to the um, get to the games and everything. So they did a crowdfunding. As of when uh, I checked earlier today, they have exceeded. They were trying to weigh about twenty one hundred pounds, and they got to twenty six eighty six. Um. So w- w- Michael, th- these semi pro teams, they usually. There is some money for them to cover costs mostly, yeah. or it's like East Fife's a semi-pro team. Yeah, so all the guys. Wait, have what? You always jobs. told me they was like top-notch. Well, yeah, yeah. Shh, shh, shh. But this is mostly cover expenses, or is yeah. It, well, no. they they get something like forty pounds a week or something, and then they get all their expenses paid and stuff as well. So these guys didn't have expenses paid either. So that was a good thing. Here's the thing: if Tony gets the sack, he'll still be McCool. Yeah, for sure. It's a great name. Yeah. I might uh, change mine to that. Something that, uh, <laughs> something that not, not really directly affects you, but Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, you just have to change a letter in the in your last name to get it. Well, that's Zach. We have to edit this laughing out a little bit. It could make the show really long. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. No worries. Something that and might we're coming to my favorite story. That yeah, we're talk something about. that might affect you because you're a collector of these. Yes, match the programs. They're Matching programs will no longer be a requirement and is mostly due to social and digital media. Yeah, it's always been mandated by the Football League that teams all the way down the, the English pyramid in Scotland and England are mandated to produce a match day program. 
Sometimes it's only like maybe a four-page thing, but they have to produce something. And then the higher the league are, the, there's like lots of requirements and stuff. More and more clubs, though, have been switching to digital. I know the Whitecaps had done a kind of digital thing. Canada Soccer's had some magazines through issue that you, you can have for some of the games. Breaks my heart. Nothing I like more than just thumbing and smelling and football programs that we're talking about, Zach, because I, I regularly go into my spare room and, and sniff my old programs. Well, the noises I, noises I, I have to hear next to me, I don't turn around because I'm not sure where they're coming from when you get the program <laughs> for the Whitecaps game. Uh, I, uh, I was going to say, what are you going to fill your house with? <laughs> Probably more crap, to use my wife's terminology. <laughs> TSS Rovers, though, are bucking the trend. Oh. They are bringing out programs this season. Nice. Also. There's hope for you. Yeah, so I'll just have my new collection. I have nearly every East Fife home program from 1959 to 2016. Why'd you stop? It was really expensive to get them shipped over. And then Slacker. I thought, when I die, my wife's just going to dump them in a skip. Wait, who skip? No, a skip is like a trash bin. All right, skip. <laughs> Coming to North America a little bit, uh, NASL has, there's been a, Proposition yeah. made. Yes, and I the, like a good proposition. The New York Cosmos owner has basically made a $500 million proposal to U.S. soccer. This is like older news, isn't it? No, no well, this, is, this, this, is, this is something new. Yeah, Another one? Yeah. yeah. He, he's coming up with new ones all the time. Um, so, I'm saying it's an indecent proposal, yeah. but... So he's going he's gonna to put in 250 of his own, and then $250 million is going to be raised through investors. What they want to do is they want to have a 10-year window... For NASL to realign with the regulations of U- U.S. soccer, so N- NASL is dead. So much uh, yeah. But he also wants this is the, this is the interesting part. He wants the USSF to restructure mm. to remove the favoritism between U.S. soccer and MLS slash some. So there's no. Oh, oh, this is New York Cosmos, not the Miami FC owner. No, no, yeah. New York Cosmos. Okay, I thought. It was, okay. So what do you guys think? Like. Do you think it's? Do you think it's, it's, it's just a power of, play for him, or yeah, just it's enjoy a lot the, of money? But there's, there's no way. There's too many self interest. How no much did the goats pay to get in? Two hundred million or one fifty? I don't know. It just keeps going up and up. Yeah. So you have three more teams coming in at at uh, at one fifty to two hundred. They they have that money in hand already. So why would you? I I I yeah, I, 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 I think there should be promotion relegation. Yeah. But. They're not going to do it because well, the money is more important. He's not asking for promotion relegation. He wants it to, the favoritism to end. That's what he's at. He, yeah, he's right. You're right. There was See, no he's, not ex- he's not explicitly asking yeah. for that, but that's what he. Oh, I know. He's always wanted that before too. Talking about promotion and relegation, we're going to talk about some Canadian PL stuff in a, in a little bit as well. But I had a discuss, an interesting discussion today because I know Canadian PL that they would really like promotion relegation, and I would love that as well. But then thinking about the feasibility aspect of it. So say they organise the BC Tier 3 League like they've got in Ontario and Quebec. So you, you put the VMSL with Fraser Valley teams all in. So say Reno's Tigers or Coquitlam Metro Ford won that and then won the right to be promoted to the Canadian Premier League. How would how on earth could they meet the stadium requirements? It's a great question. It, 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 so it, it's going to take time. It's going to take time for promotion I, relegation. I believe happen. it's happened in Scotland, hasn't it, where teams didn't get promoted yes. because they didn't have the yeah. standard. And so, England as well, years back from then. Well, actually, this this one, Sutton United have a plastic pitch. 
if they win the playoffs, they're not allowed to be promoted because the Football League will not let them play on an artificial pitch. But they've never had a game postponed now since they put this pitch down. So, yeah. So there's all kinds of obstacles that leagues face with these kinds of things. So I think the Canadian Premier League will hopefully... As they see, this is one of the things. Yeah, well, they're not folks throw out that they want this promotion relegation, but feasibly, it's just not there. I'd love it, but realistically, it can't happen unless you lower. But, but admission he, let's just let's just say, Coquitlam Metro Ford. Do they play out of Percy Perry? Well, they play in the side pitches of Percy Perry, right? So but, you could yeah, technically exactly. play out of Percy Perry, but so here's it's not thing. a seven thousand here's capacity thing. If, venue. Yeah, but you could make that a temporary thing for a year or whatever. If the city wanted to do that, because it's obviously used for other stuff. Right, cities and municipalities are always standing in the way of, of football. Yes, in this they country. are, and that's something we can talk <laughs> about at some point. Well, uh, uh, next story is about the uh, sorry about Canadian soccer. Um, a certain soccer star goalkeeper. Of the female Marco? persuasion, oh, no. is is not going to be able to play in the PDL because she's a woman, and because it's a man's, man's league. league. Yeah, I think it's a um, men's league, not I, man's league. I know there's a lot of hubbub about this, but this seems like I don't like I don't know what what level uh, PDL has already said that you know they're you know they're they're happy that she's doing well and everything like that, but it is a gender specific league and they can't go against yeah. those rules. So, so when and, I yeah go ahead. So when I saw this on Twitter, people talking about this. Well, first of all, when she signed right away, I was just like, wait, there's a this has already happened. Someone's yeah, tried to was, do it this. It was obvious she was never going to play. Yeah, there were, I, I forget her name, Maribel, Maribel something or other in in Mexico. Mm-hmm. She got signed by a second division Mexican team, and f- I think the Mexican FA and FIFA stepped in and said this can't happen because we we have men's competitions, we have women's competitions. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying, based on what's happened in the past, as soon as I saw that she was signing for Foothills, I was like, someone's not going to let her play. Yeah. I, I you can talk, you can, you can, right ar- you can argue it, about the merits of... It's the of- right decision because it's men's soccer. It's like, th- does that mean Marco Carducci can go and play in the NWSL? That's what it's just opening up. So then it's not a women's soccer league because you've got a, a male goalkeeper in it. So it's clearly a men's league. And this is just a publicity thing, in my mind, from Calgary Foothills. They're just trying to raise a little bit of awareness for their team, create a bit of interest in them. It's all nonsense. There was no way she was ever going to be allowed to play. It's Maribel uh, Dominguez. That's it, Maribel Dominguez. I I don't I like from what I know of, of Tommy Wilden. Uh, 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 sorry, just to interrupt you. Uh, FIFA was the one that blocked it. Yeah, in, FIFA. In Mexico. Yeah. yeah, and I'm assuming that although PDL said no. I'm assuming even if they had said yes, FIFA would have blocked it for them too. I would assume. Or some, no, that was, some level. What was that, 2004, 2005? 2004. 2004. Now, I know in 21 Thunder you had the female coach with it, but that, that was a... That's the coach. coach yeah. That's coach is yeah. different. Yeah. Um, no, like, I, I hear what you're saying, Michael, and I, I think for some people that will probably be a harsh perspective. But the correct one. But so, what would what is the alternative? So the the one thing is like yeah, you need I, to make more better uh, women's teams in Canada. It's not co-ed league. Well, well they need saying. to make better do, women's there, teams in Canada. Do, do or you make think? Some. Do you think there should be co-ed professional leagues? No. no. Okay. Because that would that would potentially solve the, this. But I no, I, I know, I know, I know, I know for for Steph, she she you know she is a. She's been positive about it, and she's even talking, though she's said, yeah. said Oh, no. yeah, she's yeah. been very positive. She talked about the examples of ice hockey players who have gone and, and played in men's leagues. And but they're not run by FIFA. 
<laughs> very, very, very true. Uh, but she, so she was hoping that based on those kind of things having happened, she, I think she thought, here's an opportunity for me to, uh, to continue to develop as a footballer, yeah. and maybe open a door. And the door got closed. And she's, if you, if you listen to her talk, she seems like she's disappointed. Yet she's moving on to what's next for, oh, for her. Sure. And she's not making yeah. a big deal about it, as other people might be uh, in supporting her. Yeah, the, the, she's expressing her disappointment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the yeah. one thing I will say in support of her is a lot of folk have said go and play in a women's league but it's not that easy because there are no professional women's teams in Canada so that's what needs to change for sure there needs to be women's professional teams here which which my understanding is that the the Canadian Premier League their desire is to have a women's league but it's going to take a few years before that's up and running it would take some time yeah okay and then um, CPL News. Uh, first of all, a quick story. A mixed reaction for temporary stadium coming to Wanderers Ground. Mm. Now, this is not that big of a deal. There are people that are against it because they there feel like it's, will be. There's a pu- it's a public park area, and so they don't want it to be happening. But it's already been voted through, so I think it is going to happen. It's not going to be that, but it was just something to mention. But the big th- story was um, there was a report about the Canadian Premier League's original eight teams that are going to be revealed. Um, a couple teams have already been authorized by the uh officially and we already knew that you can almost we can almost put together these eight teams uh let's go from uh east to west um you got halifax the wanderers obviously we talked about them ottawa um hamilton york which i think is the gta essentially york nine um winnipeg edmonton calgary al classico They played again the second leg today or something like that, didn't they? Or? Yeah, 5-1, was it? Oh, Eddie's got on the board. Good for them. Uh, and then uh, Port City in BC. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm not sure if that's an official name yet. Um, no. No, it's not? Okay. Well, let's hope it's not. Um, so those are the eight teams. What do you guys think of the makeup and you know the distribution of the teams? Four West and four East. It kind of makes well, that's, sense. That's good. I'm still looking forward to East Fife Vancouver that I am hoping to, to launch myself. <laughs> We will rebuild Empire and... Wait, if you is launching a team in the CPL, we need to talk. <laughs> Steve and I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, it's good, it's promising, it's big gap that there's no Quebec team. Yeah, which is not ideal and, and it's not for lack of... like I, I'm pretty sure they've connected with people in the province. I think it'll happen soon, um, but I think they, the, the, other te- the other cities were much stronger. Yeah. Like you needed a team in... The GTA, um, although uh, the, the area I think is only like half an hour from BMO Field, so I don't know where they're going to put a stadium there. And then obviously Hamilton and Winnipeg, well, we know they're set, and Ottawa is already up and running, well, kind of. Well, it's in York, right? So the York yeah. region, which is north of the mega city of Toronto. Yeah, yeah, but it's not that far away. No, no. and the Saskatchewan and, and one is closer well, than Thunder Bay. Come, yes. Yeah, the Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, yeah. They want, think, they, think, they want to be long-term. They yeah. want to be in both Saskatoon and Regina. Long-term. That'd be ideal because then you get the rivalry going yeah. there yeah. too. And in Toronto, you also have you also have Saga City. Like Mississauga is yeah. also really wanting a team. They, they have a Saga City collective supporter movement. And you could do Windsor because you could get the Detroit um, kind of. I don't know. Mixer. I haven't heard much out of Windsor. Well, no, yet, I'm saying it's a possibility down the road. Yeah. There wasn't wasn't was it Detroit who was like maybe people were talking yeah people, people were, were talking if Detroit yeah could. which no nah. not I think maybe Victoria maybe get us I'd like two BC teams just so we've got that rivalry oh, so I that think, Zach can be yeah. on one team I can be on the other we can oh. meet up for our Rami oh and, and you get can wear fans. kilts and everything 
Yeah. I, so in BC, I think yeah, long term in BC, their their plan is probably for let's say two to four teams. Yeah, two to four. I, well, I would see, think I, well, long I term. See, I could see something in the Okanagan too. Yeah, totally. Okanagan yeah. Island. The Fraser, maybe Fraser, and then one more. But mm. but here's 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 one thing. The Lower uh, Mainland. Lower Mainland. Here's one thing. The, like so, as if you follow the stuff, you follow the website, you listen to all the the stuff about this, read all the articles. Uh, yeah. So what's going to happen now is basically this, this launch of, uh, these team, these sides being accepted by Canada soccer is going to kick off a launch across the country of the actual launchings of the individual clubs. And so essentially there'll be like one a week or one every week and a half or every two weeks or whatever. And I think it'll go, I'm not, I don't know this for sure. I think it'll go West to East. So I think they'll start out maybe in Halifax and go across the country and you'll see, Official names, because let me put it this way: the list of names that you we've been reading and trademark; those are not ofi- official names, right? That, that is good. Yeah, um, I would hope Calgary Foothills is. No, that should that should no stick. no. There's a problem with that. Oh, is there? Yeah, they they want they can't use Calgary Foothills in Calgary because it's only one of the clubs, and so you're it'd be like it'd be, it's like Chivas USA. You're isolating. Oh. You yeah, because it's a because Foothills comes out of a, a youth club. Oh. And so if you use that, you're isolating all the other clubs. Oh. So it's most likely not going to be the name. I'm hoping Calgary. it's Halifax Town. That would be nice for you or for British people. But yeah. So you, well, what happens, you'll see these launch kind of. York City. You're, you don't like York 9? No. That one feels like the most <laughs> most real, unfortunately. If we go Halifax Town, York City. I do my team in Oregon, Newport County. <laughs> that's, not Can- that's not Canada. I'm oh, your Canada includes Cascadia. Kinda, yeah. yeah, we could be two three. We could be the name of the city two three because BC is B and C mm. in the second and third letter. Easy there, San Diego. Yeah, two, three. <laughs> the, so, the so, so this is when things are going to get really exciting. Where you'll see official names, you might see colors, might see logos, those kind of things. That's all going to come out in the near, in the near future. And there will be some things that will be exciting. And there'll be possibly things that are not as exciting. You know what? This is a work in progress. The thing is, the one thing that CPL has shown is that they are willing to, you know, when they hear something that's not working, they will they're willing to change it. Hmm. And so I I don't if I see something I don't like, obviously, well, we'll let people people who don't like it. If the majority don't like it, they'll probably change it. Hmm. Apart from wavelength, that's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you told me the majority feedback in my head they do. Oh yeah. Okay, so... The voice is in my head. The majority of them feedback how much they like it. Okay, quick news to the World Cup 2026. President Trump, he tweeted something out. Now, he said something in person. Um, he was hosting the Nigerian president, mm. and he made this comment, and I'm going to try to read this properly. It's a really confusing Go and quote. do the voice. Yeah, oh, no, I'm not going to do the voice. Um, I hope all African countries and countries throughout the world that we will also be supporting you and that they will likely, likewise support us in our bids along with Canada and Mexico for the 2026 World Cup. We will be watching very closely and any help that they can give us in that bid would, we would appreciate. Now, he made this to the Nigerian president. A hmm. Pro- couple problems. First of all, Nigerian president, the, the, the federation was suspended in 2014 for government interference. Yes. So you can't have the government interfere anyways. Yeah. Second of all, Nigeria has already committed to Morocco, so that I don't think President Trump knew. And uh, what he didn't know something? No, he didn't. I, I don't think he was briefed on that. What? Yeah. Do the voice. Do the voice. No, I can't do the voice. I'll probably, it'll probably turn to John Ke- uh, the Kennedy voice or whatever. Um, 
So, the, 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 obviously... Before or after he was shot. Oh. It can't be worse than my impersonation of Michael last week. <laughs> no, but uh, um, uh, what do you guys... Do you think? Basically, everybody's saying he's hurting the bid. Because he's he's also saying it's a U.S. bid along with Canada yeah, and Mexico. Well, it's, it's, it's not the United bid that everybody's threat. talking about. Yeah. The, he tried that in the United Nations. If you don't support us at the United Nations, yeah. then we yeah. will pull all our things and... yeah. Okay, so final thing, uh, a scorecard. Who's supporting... Whom in the World 2026 bid? This was provided by Soccer America. And with Morocco. Oh. So, so this is as of uh, Tuesday. So who knows who this did anything since then? Morocco has eight from uh, 54 from Africa so far, three of 46 from Asia, two of 35 from Concacaf. Mm, traitors. Yeah, I think it was uh, Dominica and Saint Lucia, if I'm not mistaken. Right. One country, one vote. Every. Five of 55. Does Trinidad and Tobago have two? <laughs> <laughs> when and Jack Warner was around, they yeah, did. Yeah. Sure did. Five of 55 from UEFA. Yes. So that's a total of 18. The United vote has one of 46 from Asia, which is Saudi Arabia. Six of 35 from CONCACAF. I know where three of those are coming from. Yeah. 10 of 10 from South America. So they, because that was, a, and so they got 17. So right now it's 18 to 17. For Morocco. This is more exciting. I'm going to be biting my nails for a month. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that's anything, it. Anything else catching your eye? No, no, nothing else yeah. catching my eye. There's a couple okay, of cut other, some stuff out because I didn't want to. A couple that. of other things I was going to talk about, but I can't remember what they are now. So just before we round the show off, just want to big up a couple of things. We'll oh. talk about one of the things are next Are you talking Sunday about TSS? Well. Yep. TSS Rovers had their launch night on Thursday. I unfortunately wasn't able to go. Same. But it was a good night was had by all. That's what I heard. But their season gets underway a week on Monday. Get out to that if you can. Lane United are coming up. Should be a cracking match. Get the season off to a start. I know it's a Monday night. What else is there to do on a Monday? Get the season off to a start. Monday night raw. <laughs> yeah. Ho- hopefully not lose three points for any any ineligible right. players. But but they beat Lane in the home opener last year. Yeah. Right? So that should be good. And this weekend, if you fancy your live football fix, obviously the Whitecaps on Friday night, yeah. Saturday at Burnaby Lake is part one of the Provincial Cup Finals. It's a two-day two day two event. Part two, the big A-Cup final, will be on Sunday at Swangard. So you can have two days of football at Swangard on Sunday and Monday. Now, Michael, what are the prices of to get into the games? Free, Free to get into the Provincial Free. Cup. Free, can you believe that? Now, if you're Scottish and you're listening to that, Something is free. I don't even have to take Steve's kid to get something free. <laughs> Do you, I might take him anyway. Is it, is, is it like is it free to bring flares and smoke and stuff? Yeah, they'll, oh, they'll appreciate it. It's okay. BCT Rovers Tigers United versus Langley United. VMSL versus Fraser Valley Soccer League. So it's Rovers, not Rogers. Definitely Rovers. Okay. Nick Sulzma from TSS will be leading the line for BCT Rovers Tigers. Got a hat trick today in the semi final. B Cup final will be on Saturday at Burnaby Lake. That's going to be a cracker. Oh, so because of one team. Check out AFTN and just check everything out and see what happens. But that is it for this week's show. Before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at Beat. It's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Cover Collective. I am Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Find us on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. Read our stuff, AFTN.ca. 
have a lot of white caps and local stuff going up on the site this week, so check that out. Watch out for the preview podcast on Thursday as well, Thursday morning, maybe Wednesday night as well. But until next week, thanks for listening, take care, and more the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.